Hey everyone, it's me, Coralie, and welcome to my podcast, Coralie's Anxieties. Well, I'm just sitting here petting my pussy. I have named her Macy May. She's a little shit, actually. She's a year old. She's full of piss and vinegar. I just like the way that sounds. Sitting here petting my pussy. <laughs> Broken vibrators. That sucks, right? Well, I haven't done anything about it. I think I should give you a vibrator update. Tomorrow's my day off. I'm going to go back to the store I bought it. I don't know how that's going to go over, though. What do you think? Uh, ma'am, I want to return this or exchange it. It's defective. Oh, ma'am, what did you do? I used it. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you get anxiety over sex? I get anxiety over sex. I mean, let's face it. Is it clean? <laughs> we want to make sure we're clean. Is it... Tidy and neat. It's <laughs> ready to perform. And that's always like the biggest worry. I don't know. I I, th I think everybody has anxiety over sex unless you introduce alcohol or drugs. And then it seems all our ambitions go away and ah, fuck it. it. One of the things I've noticed too is like sex is dirty. <laughs> There's no ins, ands, ifs, or buts about it. But I know so many people that want it to be sterile and clean. No, it's just supposed to be hot and messy. That's just the way it is. That's what we love about sex. When I was younger, I had no ambitions. I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm getting older. <laughs> Let's fuck, you know? And now it's maybe more reserved. Maybe that's just age and wisdom. I, I don't know. <laughs> I definitely like my vibrator, though. I think we'll try that thumper or thruster. Thruster. I think it's called a thruster. I think I looked it up on their website. Um, yeah, we all have these naughty fantasies. There goes the pussy. Knocking shit off the table. Always up to something. What is it with cats? They're little assholes. I think, I think they're secretly trying to take over our planet. Take over from the humans. I don't know. One of those dirty fantasies I get... I'm at YVR. I know exactly where, which, which garrison I'm in, which terminal I'm going out. I know exactly where the restrooms are. And the men's and women's washrooms, and in the middle, is the handicap. And it's always some random strange dude, the handicap washroom. And then it just gets nasty, <laughs> so to speak. And then the pre-board is called you don't got time to clean up, and you're getting on the plane dirty. I don't know. It's just one of those fantasies. I've had that one for years. It's kind of crazy, right? Just random sex with somebody you don't know in the, in the Vancouver airport. Hey, why not? It's pretty pretty crazy, right? You know, and I was actually yesterday listening to a podcast with Steve-O. Um, what does he call it? Steve-O's Wild Ride. And he has Tommy Lee on there from Motley Crue. Those of you that don't know Tommy Lee, he's actually the drummer. Now, they did some crazy shit. Some of you might have watched the movie The Dirt. They did some crazy shit. Steve-O tried to model his life after Motley Crue, and he, ta he talks about it all the time. And it's probably why Steve-O's so, so still messed up. But I, too, tried to model my life after Motley Crue in many ways. I mean, in my 20s, we partied. 
There are parts of my 20s I couldn't tell you what I did or where I was. <laughs> the memories are lost. The amount of drugs and alcohol. And and it was always the same thing. And it was, it, for me, like I never, it was cocaine. I, I never really smoked marijuana. And I never tried anything else. I mean, I would like to try mushrooms. I would like to do a microdose or two. Check it out. See how it is. Or maybe a little bit more and get to, you know, get to that other worldly realm and, and and see what it's all about just like dmt dmt is something i wouldn't have tried in my 20s but now that i understand what dmt is it's something i would definitely do and something i'd like to do one of my future destinations if the world ever opens up and we can travel abroad properly is to do an ayahuasca experience in costa rica but in my 20s it was all about the cocaine and and the funny thing was, I remember the very first time. I remember the very first time we did it. We were sixteen. We're coming back from a lake. Picked this hitchhiker up, which I'd never done before. Gave him a ride, and it wasn't maybe six months a year later. At a local coffee shop, a place that a lot of teenagers hung out at. He was there, and, and he. It was the first time I tried cocaine. I didn't like it. But moving forward, when I met Michelle, we ended up going to her, or re-met Michelle, because I'd met her at, at 16. We ended up going to her parents' house, and they were doing, they were doing some bumps. And, and I actually, no, no, it's not my thing, right? Because my first experience had been so, you know, four years earlier had been so uneventful. So we dated for a year. And that's about the time I decided to try it. And after that, it was like, wow, <laughs> this is not bad. I found my drug of, drug of, <laughs> drug of choice. It's, um, I didn't need to go any farther. But for me, it was always sexual. You get high, you get dirty, you have some crazy weird shit. And it kind of became the norm. Friday night, you've worked hard all week. Let's go out for a nice dinner. It's making good money in my 20s. I mean, I was making such good money. I could have probably bought a couple of houses outright with the amount of money I spent on cocaine. We go to this one particular restaurant, order a couple hundred dollars worth of food for the two of us, call the fat man, and it always seemed to be $800 to start. But, and that was never the end. I mean, it wasn't uncommon for us to spend $1,800 on a Friday night on nose candy. But maybe that's where I am today in my life that, that makes me see see things differently because of those experiences and, and poor decisions. It was actually at one of my part-time jobs the other day and, and a lady came in and, and had to buy some product. And we kind of got talking. She goes, well, I don't just do hair. I, I'm also a nurse. And we were talking about the coronavirus we were also talking about drugs. I don't know how the two got connected, but they did. I think it was she said that the, that the drug pandemic that we're going through right now is far worse than, than the coronavirus. There's far more deaths in British Columbia due to overdose because of, of tainted narcotics than, than people are dying from, from COVID-19. Now, if we made all these drugs legal, so if you could go and buy cocaine and heroin like you can with marijuana right now in, in this province. 
the implications are actually really huge in a very positive way. One, it's normal, it's no longer taboo to, 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 well, maybe it is still taboo, but it's no longer a problem to buy the product. And, and if, if, if an adult is going to buy something like that, they're going to buy it. It doesn't matter whether their friend just OD'd and died, they're still going to buy it. So why don't we take control of it as, as citizens? And there's other countries that have done this. Sell a clean product. Now, you no longer have to use your policing agencies to chase the bad guys down for drugs because it doesn't exist anymore. The meth labs will go away because you won't need crystal meth if you can buy cocaine or heroin in the grocery store or wherever you would sell it. The money that you're spending on policing and enforcement, that money that you're making back from selling it legally can go into treatment and rehabilitation. The numbers of people buying marijuana haven't changed. And it was always the argument by the naysayers. If we legalize and, and start selling and decriminalize and start selling marijuana, you know, in a marijuana store or a beer store, everybody's going to be high. That's not the case. That's, that's completely not the case. Now, my opinion is British Columbia fucked up. We already had all the pot dispensaries. All they had to do is put rules in place for those pot dispensaries, grant them temporary licenses until the government agency had time to go to each one of them and give them their final approval to sell marijuana and, and where they're sourcing their marijuana from. So all these places close down, yet government doesn't have the infrastructure to properly sell marijuana. So there's a lot of businesses that closed that didn't need to. So the illegal marijuana drug trade is still quite active. And, and the government only has themselves to blame. Making some adjustments here. The relog back into the computer. Sorry about that. Um, and that's where it's a fail. And I think going back into my 20s and seeing a different perspective, now I've never done heroin and it's not something I would ever want to do. Consciously in my 20s, I knew how addictive heroin was. I do have people that were close to me at the time that got into it and their, their lives are a shit show now. But there's many people that are functioning heroin addicts that you don't even know. So making grown-up decisions, my grown-up decision was to never do it. I figured cocaine was good enough because it was a sex drug for me. It made things crazy in the bedroom. Got to try shit that I wouldn't try straight. So do I have anxiety over sex? I definitely have anxiety over sex. I always needed substance to make it taboo and risky and, and just and, and, and walk on that fine line all the time. And now as I'm a little bit older and I don't use narcotics, I mean, I would like to try magic mushrooms and DMT. But that's for a different reason. That's more of a spiritual, soul-searching, who am I? Where do I come from? What are my mistakes? I think it's more a path of enlightenment. But I do miss that inhibition and that, that, that anxiety over sex disappearing because of drugs. But knowing what I know today, I wouldn't start doing cocaine again 
to have weird and crazy sex. I would like to have some weird and crazy sex. Don't get me wrong. My anxiety always steps in the way. So when I talk about fantasies at like YVR, that's one of you know a few fantasies I've had for years. It seems to me that the vibrator is going to fulfill those fantasies and desires. So I need to fix this thing, I think, tomorrow. Or at least get the ball rolling to get a new one. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But I think some of my cocaine addiction came from bands like Montley Crew, growing up in that era and what they spoke about. I mean, the 80s were a fun time to be a teenager. It was about partying, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And and so many of us lived this crazy this crazy style of life because of the influence of these bands. I don't think we see it today and, and still being current with today's current music, whether it's country music or pop or rap or, or, or current metal. It's not the same. The 80s really were a fun time to grow up as a teenager. They were just... All inhibitions were thrown into the wind. And the fact that we all made it out of there alive is amazing. The fact that a band like Montley Crue is still alive is even more amazing with the shit stunts they did. And I'm I'm sure a lot of you have seen the movie The Dirt. I don't know how many have read the book The Dirt. You really got to read the book. The movie's great. The book is better. And I think today that puts me in a much more better perspective. And anyways, this is my two cents today on sex and anxiety. A little bit of discussion of a few different things. I think we'll carry this one on through till Thursday. I have more to say about it. I do like to keep the podcast under 20 minutes. We're hitting 15 now. So I think we'll wrap this one up today. I got a busy day tomorrow. I have time to run into the city with my friend. So I should be able to update Thursday about this. And, uh, Maybe we can talk about a new dildo. Hard to say, right? One just never knows. Anyways, love you. Peace. Namaste.